Hey, this is Vanessa. I'm the Prevention Services Coordinator at King County Sexual Assault Resource Center, or KSARC. This is Building Resilience, a project with the purpose of equipping people with what they need to end sexual violence. This is a tangible takeaway that is so important that it needed its own episode. It's the art of active listening. We have all been in the situation where we are talking about something that we find very important, yet the person we're talking to is just not giving us the time of day. Maybe they're multitasking, tapping away on their phone, or even interrupting us. I know it makes me feel really frustrated and honestly pretty annoyed. So imagine how it must feel for your kiddo to come to you to try to tell you something, only for you to be dismissing what they're saying with mm-hmm's or even jumping in with an assumption of what you think they're going to say. It probably doesn't feel great to them, right? According to my family services specialist colleagues, by simply listening actively to your kiddo, you are empowering them to speak up, navigate decision-making, and also know that you are a safe, non-judgmental person to talk to. So here's our tangible takeaway. Hold back, give space, and listen to your child when they're speaking to you. Active listening, I think, has to be genuine and caring. I don't know if that, you know, it it holds an attitude and that we're really listening and that we want to Mm -hmm. hear that. And I think it is being, I think it's really good if parents know who they are Mm -hmm. (laughs) as people, um, as adults, because then you can hold on to those emotion and be, it's like active listening is like having a, a space and, and, and the communication, it's a dance between you and your teenager or your teen, is, is, is how communication <laughs> is. But that active listening part is, is having that space. And I think it is not, nothing to do, you know, it's and not, what, sorry, Erin, but not washing the dishes and not... <laughs> playing your game on your phone while your kid's talking to you. It's actually been that. It's something to do with being present. That's what it is for me anyway. I don't know about other people. No, when I think of acting, listening, I and I, I'm just remember, I, I'm thinking about really paying attention to what the kids are saying instead of focusing on what you're going to say to them in their response, right? So you're really not listening, but you have your own agenda or in your head. Let's say you're talking about... Mm, last week was, um, I'll give you an example. Last week was the end of the semester for middle and school and, and high school. And we were having conversation about, you know, their grades and their assignments and things that they need to turn in and catch up. And we were talking about it. I had a list and agenda of what I wanted to say, but I squashed it because I'm like, I'm not really listening to in my head, I started thinking, I got to squash that because I'm not really listening to what do they need help with, you know, to get them to get them to where they turn in their assignments, everything by Friday. Right. And um, but then because I already had my script of what but I needed to, I needed to pay attention to what they need. And I think if I just stuck to my agenda and to my script, I would have lost all their profound of mom, this is what I need help with. And this is where, why I'm stuck. I would have lost all of that because my focus would have already been with that script that I had in my head. So I think with active listening is really paying attention to them and forget about what, um, put aside with what your agenda was.
that that's a really good point and i think um you know when it's kind of a new skill you know when maybe we haven't really practiced active listening before um i think that you know there's kind of some key things that people can do right is kind of like hold your tongue you know if you're if your teen is talking to you and you feel like cutting in because you think you have a solution or because you're worried about something they just said, you know, stop and and don't say something, you know, let them continue talking. Um, and, you know, if they pause, you know, they might be looking to see if you're listening. So that might be a good time, you know, to kind of summarize a little bit of what they said, you know, if they're saying, you know, if, if, you know, if they're saying something like, um, like last night, my son said, I don't want to go to school tomorrow. Can't I just do online school? Because, you know, he's doing a new thing where he, you know, goes to school like every other week and in person. Um, and it's a pretty big transition, you know. And I'm like, that's not how that works. You know, you don't get to just get to pick and choose, you know, but, but trying to give him space, right. To keep telling, to keep talking to me. Right. And so kind of asking some open-ended questions, you know, like, like, that's not how I understand, you know, um, you know, but tell me a little bit more about that. Like, you know, what are you thinking here? You know, what, what's going on for you? You know, and then he was able to share that, he's just really tired. It was a long day and we didn't go to bed early enough on Sunday night. Right. You know, and so it's like, you know, a lot of times if we just keep listening and ask the right kind of open-ended questions, um, or ask them for their thoughts, right. Our opinions about it, you know, if they're telling us something and, and we think they're asking for our advice, maybe our first course of action is to say, well, what do you think about that? You know, or have you thought about that yet? You know, um, and and that gets them talking more and and by doing that you know they may they may have already had all sorts of thoughts about it they may have already solved their own problem and so the whole agenda that we had and all of our worries and you know preoccupations with you know whatever the story was that they're telling us we don't even need those anymore because our kid has already solved you know their own issue maybe um you know so so it really is that setting aside of our own agenda um and then you know, giving them the space, you know, to really talk. And if we do talk using just, you know, kind of open-ended questions, you know, to kind of get them to keep talking like, oh, yeah, I'd like to hear more about that or, you know, um, you know, or, or summarizing back a little bit. You know, one example is, you know, like um, – like what Karen mentioned about your emotions, right? If they say, you know, I feel like you give me way too many chores, you know, and maybe our knee jerk reaction is to be like, well, I had way more chores than that when I was a kid, you know? And so what you, you know, you have it easy, um, you know, but, but really that would be discounting, you know, their, their thoughts and feelings. And that would be, um, you know, not showing them that we really care about their opinion, you know, and it doesn't mean that we're going to cut them loose and say, oh, well, you don't have to do any chores at all from now on, you know, but we can give them an opportunity to tell them how they're feeling or what they're thinking about, you know, the fact that they have a lot of chores, you know, so we can say, okay, let's talk about your chores. 
I think that's a really good example because it's allowing them, like you guys all talked about, it's allowing them the space to express their feeling around it. But you know what? It might also be that they have not figured out how to incorporate those chores in their week. So they're they're trying to stuff it all into one day. So we can also teach them how to plan um, how to get those in. So, you know, Aaron said another thing. It's not like you have to give in, like allowing your child to express their emotions doesn't mean that things are necessarily going to change, but it's developing an understanding between the two of you. And in the midst of listening to all that, you might also be able to help them sort of problem solve their way out of it as well. And that's another skill. I think that is a great one for them to learn that they can bring their problems to you, that you'll listen, and that you'll help them um, manage those things as well. And sometimes Let's, we help them manage, like figure out those problem solving skills simply by posing the questions back to them, you know, like sometimes, you know, my son is having some issues with, you know, not having time to fit in, you know, homework and piano practice and, you know, taking out the recycling and, you know, whatever else he has going on which also now includes, you know, video games or whatever is important to him at that moment. Um, and so sometimes I just pose it back to him like, you know, okay, so how many minutes a day, you know, do you think you're, you need to practice piano, you know? And then he'll tell me, oh, I think it's 45 because he remembers the teacher saying that it's 45 minutes a day, right? Okay, so what's your plan? You know, have you thought about a plan for fitting that in, you know? And and sometimes he has, you know, and so it's, um, you know, by kind of posing kind of key questions, you know, in a way that, um, you know, leads them to the right solution, you know, they feel more ownership because they kind of came up with it, even though we guided them there. Building Resilience is a project of King County Sexual Assault Resource Center, or KSARC, which is located in Renton, Washington. KSARC works to provide direct services to all victims and survivors of sexual assault in King County, Washington. Visit our website at kcsarc.org and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at kcsarc. Or send us an email at education at kcsarc.org. If you've experienced sexual assault or abuse, know that you are not alone. There are lots of resources to support you in your healing process. Programs similar to KSARC exist around the country. Visit the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, or RAIN, at rain.org to find a community sexual assault program near you. Thank you to Marie Peretta, Karen Cope, Erin Esteban, and Diane Yamamoto for content in this episode. Dante Ariaga and Ashley Bessie for tech support and a special thanks to our super producer, Logan Bessie on editing, consulting, and mastering the audio and for the immense support in making this project possible.